Welcome in. This is the Red Rock Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 11th, 11122. 11122. Ooh. I am Jared All. Joining me is always Connor Holskamp. Hello. And Nick Sopris. 1122. On the ones and twos back that day. Hey. Careful, careful uh, the combinations of ones and twos you just randomly spit out there because our computers might be listening. Oh, oh that's zeros and ones. Zeros huh? and ones. Ah. Okay, so I watched ah. a documentary. So close. He went I watched for a it. documentary he went for recently it. on coding, right? No. And I came away from that feeling so much dumber yeah. than I already was mm. because they keep trying to explain like, yeah, yeah, this you, when you do coding, this is what it does. I'm like, so what? But why? Why does that code tell that computer to do that task? Mm. So you're a why guy. I don't get you, you, you it. Need, I don't get the, the connection and it just went right over Just reminds my head. me of that old movie with Matthew Broderick. Do you ever see War Games where they have the guy play like tic-tac, the game play like tic-tac-toe like a million times? No, I've never no? seen that it's one. Good. Okay. 90s yeah. movie, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Young at. Matthew Broderick, he's like 20. He was good back in the day. He was he on was. a trajectory, man, he where was. you thought he was going to be a star. He's like, uh, who's the guy, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Who was the... Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I he can't He was think. also he's in, in Little Giants, too, too right? Yeah, he wasn't. He was the weird guy that gets possessed. In Ghostbusters, yeah. Uh, hang on. The gatekeeper. <laughs> the ga- Rick, Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah. Ah, there, there you go. go. And sometimes people just make bad choices with their careers. It's true. And then uh, dark, dark helmet. Remember I actually always find balls? it funny no. when you listen to the stories of like people that like behind the bad movies that they made. They're like, dude, I thought it was going to be so good. And it, then what I saw come out because you figure an actor, they're going through these scenes. They don't know what this is going to look like when it's all said and done. Right. I mean, uh, well, you never really even know. I, I'd imagine like, you never really know how a movie is going well, like, to do. Well, uh, like right? Ryan Reynolds with uh, Green Lantern. If you see the filming of that, the entire thing is just him in front of a green screen. Yeah. And so you have no idea what that's going to look like behind you mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. Very true. So I think before we start talking sports, I want to talk a little etiquette. Uh-oh. Okay? Uh-oh. And specifically... Oh, wait, are you sure you're qualified to uh, <laughs> speak? Well, I didn't say it. <laughs> I am going to speak as the expert, and you guys are going to tell me if I'm the one that's crazy or if everyone else Yeah, tell us what crazy. happened without telling... Like, like, tell us the situation and then give us the, the real. Certainly. So what we're specifically going to talk is... Etiquette as a fan at a game, okay? I got a chance to go to the game this weekend, which I don't get a chance to go to nearly as many as as some of us around here that are a little spoiled with that. Connor. Um, (laughs) Connor. Yeah, hey. I don't even. I honestly, hey. Connor, don't even want to know what you pay on a yearly basis for those season tickets. I don't even. They are lovely. They are. They are lovely. They are wonderful. So I had great seats to this game. It was. It was the Broncos game. The Broncos game. Of course, this is what we're talking about. I'm sitting row six. The entire game, the guy in row three directly in front of me, along with, we'll call it his posse, was standing. Okay? And, okay, it's one thing. You got some of the passionate fans that get really into it. This guy is on his phone for most of the Oh, game. really? Not even, like, watching the game. He's probably checking his And uh, several bets. comments made from <laughs> several people throughout it, and he'd sit down for a minute, and then he's just back up standing. Am I? I mean, Broncos that's fan? bad etiquette. What, Broncos what? fan. Broncos fan. Is now, that, is this? That, no. Yeah, uh, let's get some context here. No, no. Okay. 
Was he standing during defensive downs or? No, offensive? no, I'm talking like straight stand. Like there's no differentiation. Like there's second, no second like, and nine. Yeah, third down. I get it. We you stand up, you get excited. So, it's deep. So I would say, I would, if, if I'm, I'm I'm in the end zone. So you know, if you're on that yeah, that yeah, end, say I totally the, understand. Tell them where the seats are at. No, no yeah, I, we're in the corner, six rows up in in the corner behind uh, you know the the pylon. Okay, so I would say that. For half of the game, you have a a reason to say something Uh, at any time on defense. I don't care where they are on the field, where it is, whatever. It is fully acceptable at a Broncos game to be standing. In fact, it is more acceptable to be standing than to be sitting. And I did realize in an area with a lot of season ticket holders. I realized that, like, man, I just don't think I'm I'm up for the the (laughs) weekly games anymore. I I'm so relaxed on the couch. Was he was he a Dorcas? Meaning, was he? cheering you said he was on his phone um nah no i didn't really hear him cheer much um yeah when things got real exciting he got into it but i'm telling you this guy is looking down his phone i don't know what he's doing the whole time he's got he's got uh, (laughs) DraftKings results of the next drive people i say they were his posse because this guy was like six foot six two maybe he's a big thick fella you know and then everyone else around him was like a little minion and so i don't know it just felt like his posse it just now i would say i will say too uh it is very likely because the the area that you were talking about right is is all season ticket holders so basically i know the exact people that are there every game now granted there are a few games every year that you will probably get people's friends and relatives and, and stuff. This and would this be would be one, one of those such games. Game. This so is how I came into possession this, of these tickets. Right. So it's very <laughs> possible that this gentleman was not a regular goer. So therefore, maybe he didn't quite have. So there the is etiquette. some etiquette in standing and sitting. That's that's the main question. I mean, for, I want for, to get across. for me, I feel like if the guy's on his phone, you have an obligation to sit down regardless of where the action is at. Now that said. I will never get frustrated at a Broncos game, regardless of where my seats are at. If you want to stand and are actively engaged, in yelling, cheering, that's yeah. what bothered me more than anything is, is he was not even paying attention. You know I, I get, I get the offensive idea. You want to cry it so that drew Locke can throw a 10 yard pass in the ground. I get that. No, that's now, etiquette. That's it. You were talking about etiquette. So let's talk uh, etiquette. What I'm that's saying etiquette. is, but I, I, you I sit do, and be quiet. I do during feel offensive like, drives. I do feel like if you want to stand for an offensive series, especially if in Jared's condition, he doesn't go to many games. I get it to stand. Now that said, does it annoy me personally? If someone is standing, I'm, I'm five ten according to height and regular things, but I feel about six four according usually. To height and regular things. I, I want to know what these regular like things you know are. like rulers and and actual <laughs> okay. measurements. But I feel things six you four. can actually uh, measure. Yeah, yeah, quantifiable <laughs> things. But like you know, when people are taller than that, mm. I struggle. But I understand now at a, at a Nuggets game. I would encourage you. I don't know. It's, it's just different. Well, but Nuggets I, game is is stand until they score. No, right? I hate that. And see, I hate that. No, but I'm just saying. I, I, we're, we're talking I'm so etiquette. tired. It's such an effort to get to well, the game. Well, especially like there's some times where it takes a while. <laughs> At least like 40 seconds. And that's 40 <laughs> seconds I don't want to stand. So, so I, would also, I would also add. So I was being a little bit tongue-in-cheek when I said, hey, when, he, when they're on defense and the guy's standing, you don't really have room to say anything to him. But at the same time, so like the people that normally sit in those seats, they understand there is a kind of unwritten rule of etiquette. And this is what it is. When the Broncos are on our side of the field, right? When they're on the our side sure. of the 50, on any defensive down, first through fourth. I can live with that. You can stand and whatever. No one's going to care. 
when they are on the opposite side of the field, it's kind of a third down, fourth down only I would agree. on defense. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Right. Right. First and second, you okay. sit. So a everyone few other watch. etiquette points I want to hear. Yeah. And, Let, and let's the, go to the next one because yeah. I think that was, yeah. that was good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this, these are not uh, necessarily specific to my experience this weekend, but just in general, my experience with games is I'm curious how you guys feel about trash talking with opon- opposing fans. Is that or is that not okay? And is there a level of it maybe that is and isn't okay? I feel like it depends. I feel like so I was at the Detroit game and we suck. Detroit sucks worse. And I think <laughs> the game was pretty tight till about the first second quarter. If you recall, the game was not tight, but it was closer than it should have been. And this guy was mouthy. There was two Detroit fans talking to everybody. And I feel like in that sort of situation, when you know you're quote unquote going to win, you wait and then you get up and then you bury him and then you absolutely <laughs> bury, you bury the Detroit Lions uh, fan. But go ahead. See, I have a little a little little different take on that. First of all, we're supposed to be Broncos fans. We are not Oakland Raider fans. And so I do not I, I think there is a distinct difference between friendly banter that happens between fans. I mean, like, seriously, you can tell the difference when you see people. I actually the other game was sitting uh, one right behind me was a uh, uh, what was it? A rare uh, man. I can't remember. It, it might have been the Chargers game. So it was a Chargers Chargers fan. And the whole game, he and I were just kind of back and forth, like totally friendly banter. Like, oh, you know, uh, you know, oh, you guys got, you know, Teddy coming out. What are you going to do? Like, hey, those two gloves are going to put a whooping on you. So, you know, I mean, like, it's just totally friendly. Right. But then there's the 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 loud and drunken, the aggressive that come in and and just start going you know, dropping F-bombs and throwing out like obscene, you know, cuss words and just screaming at everybody around them. That is absolutely unacceptable in all circumstances. I think it's one of those things you've got to be, if you can dish it, you've got to be able to take it. So if you're going to be aggressive, drunk, sweary, when the guy next to me, when I get scored on, if he wants to be loud, drunky, aggressive back, you got to be able to take it. And that's that. Yeah, but you know what? This is, like I said, this isn't the uh, Las Vegas Raiders here. I mean, I've been to a Chiefs game. I've been to a, I've been to a Broncos Chiefs game in Kansas City. I've been to a Broncos Raiders game in Oakland. Um, and I will tell you, the experience there was 100% different. I go there with my Broncos uniform. Granted, we were... Actually, you know what? We were pretty bad both years I went there. Uh, I think it was the Jay Cutler year. So we were like kind of middling, right? Um, we oh, go there, the though. the Jay Cutler yeah. years. The forgotten years. Uh, so, so we go there and... Jay and, Plummer, and, all-time quarterback. And with, uh, at Arrowhead, I got to admit, it was a very pleasant experience. Like, generally speaking, like I got some people just saying, oh, boo, you know, but, but like, it's kind of like... Friendly fun, banter. like, hey, get out of here type of way, right? But for the most part, people are like, hey, you know, uh, you guys have been good for so long. You could throw us a bone this year, right? Like just stuff like that. And it was all cool. I go to the Raiders game, completely different. I, I'm literally getting people throwing like drinks at me, like screaming, yelling, cussing in my face. You know what I mean? I, and it's just, we're not like, we should pride ourselves on being a better well, So I, I got to ask, at a Broncos game, do you feel like the trash talking from the fans is worse from the home fans or the road fans that are there? That's totally uh, subjective because it depends on how good or, or not good we are. Okay, and it also l- depends on who we're playing. Let me ask it less subjectively. Are the Broncos fans bad about that? Would you say you said you don't want to be the Raiders? No, Where would you say they are no, on the scale? I would say of Broncos that? fans are generally pretty good. 
No, they really are. They're I will generally say, pretty. I've been to maybe I, I, seven I, I or eight I tend to stadiums. disagree with you to Ooh, an extent. I think man. quite a few fans that I see, especially anyone who's had a few drinks, get ridiculous with their trash talking and aggressive. And I'm not going to be old man, get off my lawn, don't curse. But there's a certain level of dropping F-bombs on every right, single play right. and getting aggressive and getting, you know, in people's faces and things like that. And I will be honest, I was that guy ten years ago. That I was thought you were me. about to say on Sunday. And every <laughs> on Sunday, that was me. There yeah. were multiple times I got the uh, the security called my direction because of my aggressive behavior. And I don't know. It takes a certain point where you do that one time. You're like, wow, I am that ridiculous guy. You know, uh, it just. I don't know. I think there is too much of that from Broncos. You guys criticized me earlier in the season when I said that I think Broncos fans have a reputation for being that way. I agree. And I believe that they do. I think they absolutely are known for that. And I see it every single time I'm at the stadium. Broncos no. fans being ridiculous, even in a game where we wanted to lose. You had nothing to gain from winning. This game played out perfectly for the Broncos and how it went down. You had them on the ropes, you played well, and then you actually lose and get to advance your draft pick. How about this? I'll give you a more specific answer, okay? Generally speaking, right, the onus is more on the away team player to not be spouting their mouth off. When you go into another team's home stadium... I agree. And you have the other team's jersey on, but you're surrounded by a Show some respect. So, like, you already are talking smack just by wearing a Chiefs jersey or by wearing... You know what I mean? You're already doing that. You're already going to be the focus of tons of people. So, I think in that case, you got to be much more careful about being kind of, like, friendly. But I do think there is a certain way... A little smack. When someone's going to come aggressive at me, I I think there's almost the high road to take that's so much better to not engage in that well, well, demeanor. I, I, and I, don't, I, think I don't think often, there's ever a room for the aggressive, the yeah. aggressive, nasty and, and so I think stuff. responding in a way where, yes, you can have fun, it can be playful, and I think everyone around you appreciates it more. I think that more than anything, so when too. you sit in a section, yeah. when you have that guy, it just, it takes away from the game. Well, so like we went, I went with Connor to the Green Bay Packers game, and we weren't like the drunk idiots by any means but we were certainly rooting for the broncos and going back to what i had said in lambo in lambo by the way yeah and it was sweet awesome stadium really nice people you can park on their yards you can pee on their yards like it's awesome (laughs) and so we get there and we weren't aggressive but like i had said they buried us i think we started off like 10 to nothing and then towards the end of it it's just done it was was actually a pretty close game uh 34 19 yeah it was was pretty close until like the fourth quarter end of the third Mm. But anyways, they buried us in the nicest Midwesternest way. I will 100% possible. say Lambo fans were awesome. They I were awesome. It. They I were so freaking unbelievably awesome. I had all their Shout hot dogs out to Wisconsin over yeah. here. Okay, moving on all to right. the next etiquette, okay? What is the etiquette with Broncos fan to Broncos fan contact in the current COVID scenario that we are? Because in the seats that I was in, there are a lot of people all up on me, on my shoulders, on me, touching me, grabbing me. It, it was weird. It was a little awkward. I wanted to say something. I didn't. Give us like more context. Felt, was, was the game tight? Like, was it a big play? No, it was like I sat down in my seats and immediately was like, hey there, how's it going, pal? You know, on the shoulders. Well, that's and, Connor's family. Yeah, probably is. It no, probably no, is. no, no, no. It seems no, like he could fit in with Connor's family. Let's put it that. No, no, no. <laughs> but it was and, and he was just the friendliest, <laughs> no. nicest guy. But I'm like, dude, 
get off of me. Like, don't, I don't, we're not friends. I don't know you. I don't know your current situation in your life. If you go to a game yeah. in the current climate that we're in, you just have to know people are going to be yeah, you're, you're accepting risk. You just got to You just got to take that. And that's what I did. I just took it. It was weird. Did you it was hug him back? Did you I did, did not. I did give him a high five once or twice. I tried. I thought that was reciprocating the, the so, feeling. So I, would, the emotion. I, I would say I would say that generally speaking, what Nick just said, if you go to a game, COVID or no COVID, whatever, you're going to a game, you're taking that risk. So generally, I'm going to say, nope, that's so on I'm wrong that's on, on this. But, okay. yeah. but, so you hated it. Obviously, Jared, you but, hated the, the touchy touch. It wasn't good. Okay, so but there's there's those boundaries and stuff. The time that it's that it's actually like when I'm talking about the unwritten laws of like season ticket holders and stuff, that the quote unquote unwritten etiquette of this is that it is absolutely expected and appropriate to do high five shoulder slaps when the Broncos Touch score scores, or yeah. interception. Or big play, yeah. Big play. This was pregame. This was pregame. So that's a little bit crossing a line, but I still think it's not too big of a deal. And this is where I think this guy was a regular season ticket holder and he just like, it was normal probably for him. And for me, it was just like, I don't know You know you. the key there is just to buy a bunch of food so you can't be like, hey man, like I got my beer and my hot dog. Like, <laughs> I don't know. See, don't I'm afraid he's going to be like, oh, thanks man. And just uh-huh. grab one right off. So, hey, can know. I have one of those nachos? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nacho yeah. guy. <laughs> Nacho okay. guy. Okay, yeah. next one up. Next one up. How many of these you got? Uh, nine. I got, I got nine. Uh, two more. Two more. Okay. okay. Um, booing the Broncos. I hate that. At any stadium. And, well, I don't know. Because in like New York on a third and eight or a third and nine and you do a quarterback sneak, we, I have a yeah. problem with that. I'm, I'm glad you agree. We freaking booed Peyton Manning, man. We, we did. booed Peyton Manning off the field. I think it's dumb. I, I, I think it's dumb. Okay. I also understand why it happens, especially if fans are really frustrated after just consistent over and over again seeing the same well, but we can agree denver is too too quick to boo i agree denver um they're not like ungrateful but they are a very spoiled fan base and that they demand so much success that when you're immediately not dominating broncos what did i just say you said Denver, but uh, you're not talking about Denver. Fans. No, no, bro. I would say Broncos fans Broncos just fans. expect so much success that when it's not like immediate gratification, there's a yeah. frustration. I hear you, you know, and, and a very similar line. So I guess we could probably move on because we're all in agreement. But I will say a similar thing that kind of frustrated me when I went to a Nuggets game was every time Carmelo Anthony touches the ball, just boos yeah, Randy down. I agree. On him. I'm like, I come agree. on, man. This is one of the. You know, I mean, you could argue where he is, but he's definitely one of the five, six best Nuggets he's ever. He's a pillar of I mean, the no Nuggets. doubt he is a huge part of Nuggets history and Nuggets basketball. And he he brought relevance after a decade of of. Oh, you didn't like the mellow boom? So, no, I was not a fan of that. I was actually, I, liked it. I was actually at the game and I was verbally telling people around me. Like, show some respect. That guy, that nah, guy man. brought us back. And we nah, are man. here today because of Melo. Nah, and I will man. die on that hill. Nah, man. He totally forced hill. his way out. Topic, topic for nah, another man. day. He doesn't okay, deserve last one, and then boy. I promise we'll move on. This is actually one that drives me nuts because it happens in every game you go to. Going in and out of seats during a drive. Is there no etiquette and like wait up and watch mm-hmm. until it's a time to get in and so you're not coming constantly in and out? Am I the only one that thinks that's inappropriate to constantly do that? I mean, you should you should definitely obviously try, but hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go, man. I mean, no, 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 people, I'm are, fine. people are down go. With beers and they gotta go. go, go. But wait to come back in until there's a stoppage in play and you can come back in. That's tough though, especially in the seats that you're at because you kind of have to you you enter the stadium and then you have to wait at the top. Even if you wait till the end of a drive or whatever, by the time you get back down, the next the next you don't play walk is gonna be very happening. fast, Connor. <laughs> yeah, he's more of like a like a no, it, there should like be. a stroller. 
It, you, you should you more should. like a shaggy dude. Type I'm more rock. talking the person that like every single drive has to get up and move, and so then everyone's yeah, got to no, stand. Did that happen? Did that happen to you? Oh, not not actually in this game, but it happens all the time. Yeah, the the, the, the group that sits on the seats behind, like the two in the back. There's like a group of six, and the guy bought like nine beers or whatever, and didn't tip the guy, and everyone booed him, whatever. And they <laughs> proceeded to get up, and like I mean, it was all game. So I, I could see how that would be annoying. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see it. I'll agree. I'll agree okay. on that one. Okay, I will move on from that. I needed to learn a little bit to make sure my etiquette's a little bit better. I for did next time when I go to a game. I did find out the hidden gem of food because like hot dogs are you know hot dogs and brats are like the big thing there. The pizza. Oh my god, the pizza! Whoa, okay, underrated. I, I went brought. I went brought. Underrated food. You know yeah, what? I like the chicken you, fingers at. Uh, I never had them. They're good. See, I tend to Tasty. try to find food that's actually going to fill me up when I go to a stadium because otherwise, you just end up a quarter later going and getting more food. So. Two slices of za. I'm in. Yeah, mm. for thirty dollars. No, I think it was, I think it was actually only like <laughs> fourteen. I think it was like only like forty two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was like eighteen. Yeah, I think they're like yeah, like eight eight nine bucks a piece, something like that. All right, so there was a game that we were watching on Sunday, and uh, as I referenced earlier, guys, I feel like this was a best-case scenario for the Broncos. A little too close. You're sitting there, fourth quarter, have the Chiefs on the ropes. Not only do you conveniently blow it so that you improve your draft stock, but also you get to watch Melvin Gordon pretty much Make the decision final that Javante Williams is your RB1 moving forward. I don't even think that Melvin Gordon has a contract after this year from the Broncos because he fumbles. In the key situation, once again, the one thing you can't do is fumble. He fumbles. You knew he was going to do it. You yeah. had to take it. Yeah, but the you know, best you, part. You actually know. knew. You you actually did know he was going to fumble or something bad it. was going to happen. You knew it was yeah. going to happen. But, but you know what? I'm going to actually... Sure, I'm actually go out on a limb here and defend Melvin a little bit for this one particular game, right? Uh, I don't know if you can really pin that oh, fumble no. on Melvin. I really don't. Oh, I've, no. I've watched that play. I went back and watched oh, it no. like... I want to say 15, 20 times. I seriously, I sat there and just watched it over and over. You would say you watched it 15, and I 20 actually, times. Was this at regular Whoa. speed, slow-mo? Did you <laughs> Whoa. Sp- yeah, a lot of times. That's I, a lot of I times. Did because, well, because I was specifically trying to look to see, was this Melvin Gordon's fault? And I'm going to say You'd no. You'd make such a good head ref. I've <laughs> <laughs> reviewed this play at least 30 times. <laughs> I'm going I'm to say no. I'm going to put this on as much as uh, you guys won't believe Whoa. it. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> wow. As much as you are not going to believe what I'm going to say, I'm going to put this one on Drew Locke. No. And the offensive line. I don't but, believe but it. Drew Locke. I'm going to put it on the Drew whole, Locke. Everyone else. Melvin Gordon did his job, but everyone else. Yeah, goes. here's the thing is, uh, I actually am going to put it first and foremost on the offensive line. Oh, gross. Um, because you know what? Here, I mean, here, here's just the, the way it, and the scheme. I'll put it on the scheme too. What? Because, well, because, secure, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. They brought an extra blitzer in. Uh, the, the Chiefs did, right? And, and our line did not pick it up. So whether or not, I don't know what they're doing on their offensive scheme, so I can't really say whether that was a scheme issue or whether that was a, a execution issue. But however it ended up happening, they did not pick up the blitzer. And he was in the backfield before Melvin even had the ball, right? And I think that Drew... If he would have recognized that this guy is flying through the hole, that's one of those plays that you see some veteran quarterbacks just take the ball themselves and go down and recognize the sack, right? Um, so I'm going to put it first on the on the offensive line and then Drew Locke for not recognizing it. He gave uh, Melvin didn't even have the ball. The ball had barely touched his hands and the guy is just dominating. But him, wait, so. hang on, hang on. What you just said? Will you repeat what you just said? But it touched his hands, correct? 
it had not. I mean, just barely. Oh, touched semantics. The We're talking semantics. Hey, man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Melvin a little bit of a break on that. Well, that. honestly, right. guys, though, that's okay. Blame them all because yeah. none them of all. them are probably gonna be here anymore next year. <laughs> so if I'm gonna rip on you, Connor, after watching the game, you know what was really tough. And well, let's see it. it. Let's hear it. You know, I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm the type of guy to kind of stick to his to his story and and never change anything. And it was really really hard. for Are me you to, insinuating that others might not? Do yeah, that? it's a, it's a thought. It's an idea. I, I think that's a fancy way of saying I'm stubborn. Sure. Yeah. But that said, <laughs> I hated, but also fell in love a little bit with Drew Locke after the game. Like like he, I know, I hated every second of Whoa. saying what I just said. But dun, 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 dun. no, we don't play the conspiracy <laughs> music. So did he? Did he win you over? He like just didn't suck. And so the, I was like, oh my god, on his eye, it was the running. It wasn't was the it? two tutties. Yeah, it I was know. The two tutties. And, and it's like, okay, cool. If he added that to his repertoire, I don't understand. Why he, he, he? It was tough because it's like okay, cool. There's there's the potential that everybody, but goes so, hand for it. Did you not see the attempt the the god awful attempt at a tackle? <laughs> hey, he can't tackle. Key, keyword attempt. Was it though? He kind of like <laughs> carried him into the end zone. I think. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really hard because I'm watching. I'm like shit. Like, what? What am I watching? Like, he like doesn't suck. Suck. He just kind of sucks <laughs> you know what i mean so i like i said to give hey, you a little three credit card I, I three finally, starts no turnovers for i finally locked. well he had one he didn't have one in any of his three starts but you uh, just fair. blamed him for that fumble I, secondary blame <laughs> secondary. <laughs> you can't measure that. those are advanced stats we don't count that but anyways like i said it just it's it's frustrating because he played just good enough to feel to feel himself a little bit to where he's what did he say that i, I can run any play I, I any play you want to run i can run it so that was the worst part about watching it is I'm like, oh my God, he's like a four out of 10 instead of a one out of 10. Like this is awful. So, but yeah. that's, that's the problem. This is how fans and, and even it seems like at times the execs and the coaches get sucked in is one performance that like, ah, he doesn't totally suck. This is how you end up with Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback. And you convince yourself it was a good move. We all convinced ourselves it was a good move. Even Connor and I convinced ourselves it was a good move. You did. It wasn't. It was never a good move. It wasn't, although the Broncos, ready for this? The Denver Broncos set a record last weekend, an NFL record. Woo! Yeah. No. Yes. Whoa. I'm going to do this a little differently. I'm going to give you the stat, and you're going to tell me what, what the context is. Oh. Denver Broncos NFL record, six years. What is the precursor okay, to that? Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that first was, team that to have uh, not make the playoffs for six years after going to the Super Bowl. Boom. No, winning a Super Bowl. Winning a Super Bowl, yeah. Boom. Winning a Super Bowl. There you go. Yep. The Bron- Denver Broncos have gone six years now with without making the playoffs after winning a Super Bowl. That has never been done in the NFL. So congratulations. I, I kind of thought we were going to feel good about yeah. this, and you just yeah. made me feel really bad. I'm sorry. It. I know. I had, to, <laughs> I had to bring us down. I had to break us break us down to build us up. That's you right. know what I mean? That's right. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, no, it's... That was a, a, fine. Rec- it's not your best out of the no, league, but, you but you know, certainly it's, it's not your worst. It's record-breaking. You know, it's nothing mm-hmm. earth-shattering, but it's... it's I liked it. I kind of like the different context, going a little bit uh, Jeopardy style. Yeah, you know? I, was, I was just saying, hey, and, and Jared didn't disappoint me. Nick I, over there. I think I needed to add... answer so quick. Nick is so vague. I can't even... I can't possibly begin to grasp. Jared's just like, oh, yeah, six years How could I ever understand something so complex? All Nick right. Nick lives his life day to day. He Correct. doesn't have six years no, of memory no. there. So at least we uh, 
got rid of the man that we've all been calling for, Vic Fangio. And and not just him, but more importantly, do it. Offensive coordinator do Pat it. Shermer. And last but not least, special teams coordinator Tom McMahon. Tom McMahon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I'm not that sounds terrible to say that. No, like, it's not. Oh, it sounded thank amazing. God they all got fired. But no, they make millions you know, of dollars. You know what, they make millions something? of dollars. So no, I've actually, don't I've feel actually bad seen a couple people in my social circles that have gone on social media and been like, hey, guys, like, what's up with all this ripping apart these coaches? Imagine if you got fired. Like, he has grandchildren that are on social media that are going to be seeing what you say, blah, 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 right? Grandchildren. I love yeah, that. Yeah, right? No, so <laughs> I've had some people uh, in my social circles that have made this argument. And I think that's just bogus. I'm, I'm going to go out there. Okay. Uh, granted, there is, you don't have to be in like intentionally it nasty. It goes back right? to our conversation like, about no, trash talking. Right. right? No, no need to like threaten the guy. No need to like, you know, and I think you can, there's room for certain people to acknowledge. You know what? Like I have nothing against Vic, but like he clearly was not working here, but there's a way here. Here's the, at the end of the day, man, these are, there's 32 positions in the entire world that are an NFL head coach. They are sought after, they are paid highly, and they are right in the public eye. That's their job. I mean, you know what I mean? Like to a certain extent, like like it's no you, different than being an athlete or a celebrity. It's or a the, politician. Or a politician. Right. It's I the mean reality. You're going to be in the public eye. That is what it is, right? And and I'm not saying you go and just like destroy the guy, but at the same time, that comes with the territory. Well, he, I do he not he destroyed bad. himself. All right. Let's so, just call it space. Anyways, that was my one little soapbox rant. Let's keep going. So before we get in too deep about Vic Fangio and the Broncos and the guys that, you know, maybe potential guys that are out there for them to hire. I'm kind of curious if you guys had any surprises coming out of Monday of who was either fired or not fired around the league. I think we all agree that Brian Flores one was a little bit unusual. That was a little surprise, wasn't it? I did not know um, the Joe Judge one. I kind of thought they would give him another chance. I think it just happened. Just right? happened. Like yeah. so, we're recording here. It's like five thirty, almost six o'clock now on Tuesday the eleventh. And on the way over here, I saw that through ESPN. So you would have thought he would have given given them another chance. Well, I heard, and again, this is just rumors. Reading through social media, I saw something about that. You know, they got rid of the the GM, stepped down last week or or, or, or uh, over the weekend. So. That move had happened, and I guess he, Joe Judge, went to the owners and expressed that he wanted to be involved with making the decision on who the new GM was coming. Oh. And so I'm kind of thinking they may have learned more and more. Like we're just not on the same page. <laughs> Joe, there was a no. there was a report yesterday, um, a whole 24 hours ago before he was fired, that that said that the players were calling for him to be fired. I mean, you have to. I mean, this guy. He is what Dan Campbell has been without having any like you know player drive behind you and any I mean I guess you can't say Dan Campbell had much success. I think they won two or three games this year. But I mean that you see the players playing behind Dan Campbell in, in Detroit. Nobody ever got behind Joe Judge in, in New York. So it's just that's a bad situation there. Um yeah, that's really about the only you know surprise to me Brian Flores and I, I I think there's been issues between him and the front office there because I heard I heard Brian Flores and I'm like, man, that might be the guy. That might be the guy you have to go get. But when you hear that he's he's burned through offensive coordinators, he has had issues apparently within the front office. That's why they let him go is because he was butting heads with people in the front office. Come on, Brian. 
I don't know. Is, Come on, that, is that the guy you want to bring in? Is that is that who you want to bring in to bring in the culture? Is that the right culture? I think that's kind of the key, you know, for the the Broncos this go around is is you got to find the right culture. I think that's what we've lacked since even Kubiak had that. I think he had that cachet about him for that. But these last couple of coaches they've had just haven't had that. And so I guess for my question to you guys is. Do you think there should be something specific the Broncos should target as far as a characteristic or a side of the ball or anything like that when the Broncos are targeting coaches this go around? I guess what I would I guess what I would start to say I don't think you need to try and rattle anything up. I don't feel like there's any major hot shot coaches. I think Bienemy is the obvious hot shot candidate that if you were to pick somebody that is going to make a splash. That would probably be the guy. I don't. I don't necessarily know, especially with the ownership stuff going on, things like that. If you would want to pull that trigger with somebody that's such an unknown, I have no idea where they're headed. You know, sources are you know sources quote unquote well, are all over the place. But and what's interesting with Eric Bieniemy? Obviously, you know, obviously he would be kind of a splashy move, right? I mean, he's a CU guy. So Scott oh. ties, yeah. has has ties to Colorado. Uh, obviously, has been a part of some really successful offenses not calling the plays one yep. that's one thing about him and then the other thing that just I mean I know this has been talked about in the media and stuff too so this is nothing groundbreaking here but um, when you get as many interviews as you as he has gotten and he has not landed an NFL coaching job it makes you wonder it's Fangio-esque is, is, is there something going on that that teams are you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go with this guy because it seems like on paper he has all the prerequisites that he would need I mean I almost wonder if he doesn't interview well or or something like that you know or, or if people know stuff about him as a as a person and or I can't say specifically I know Andrew Reed's had some coaches under his tree that have gone out and had some success but I know that can sometimes be a knock on a guy when when people just like with players He's coming a, he out has a great system. tree if we looked up his tree yeah. it's a great tree so, actually so yeah it is a little bit surprising and I I I, I I mean, there are a lot out there that say there are some racial in you know ties to why he doesn't get eh. head coaching jobs. I, I'm not necessarily going to go there myself, but that is very often brought up. And when why that he's basically getting these interviews because of what's the the name of the rule? It's the, the Rooney rule. The Rooney rule. Because of that, he gets these interviews when maybe they never really had any interest in him to begin with, but they had to interview a you know a, a coach of color. So that. Is, is something that I think is, is at least to be brought up in this conversation. But I think him not calling the plays, to me, that doesn't bother me at all. I don't need my head coach to call the plays. Bring in an offensive coordinator to call the plays. I need a head coach to be a head coach. I think that's what the Broncos have lacked in their last two head coaching hires. I think Vance Joseph never was had command of the room. I think Vance Joseph just was never the guy in charge of that situation. He let the players kind of depict things. And then you you go to Vic Fangio where I don't think he ever, if he's truly honest with himself, he'd never admit this, but if he's truly honest with himself, he never wanted to be in charge of a team. He felt like he should. He should take this opportunity because that's what you do when it comes your way. I think he always wanted to be an X's and O's guy, a schemer, just like a guy like Wade Phillips, I think, recognized that in his career. Certain guys are just built that way. I think you need a head coach. That's where a guy like Brian Flores does intrigue me because I think he proved that in Miami that he is a guy that can command the room and can be that guy. I don't know. Does Eric Bieniemy have that? He's never done it before. And, and can I just uh, 
go back to I said it was a great coaching tree. Wanted to just clarify on that because I looked it up. It's a solid coaching tree. Yeah, gonna I'm gonna, it's, it's, a, it's an okay coaching right, tree. Right, I'm going to remove. Yeah, my there we grade. go. Uh, we'll cut that. We're, we're going to cut Nick that. Nick Saban's we'll coaching. Yeah, we'll cut tree. that out. But go on. <laughs> oh, no need to cut. But but so here here is uh here is his coaching tree. Here is Andy Reid's coaching tree. We got John Harbaugh. Harbaugh, which is obviously great. You know, he's he, he's considered a great head coach. Uh, Sean McDermott. Ron Rivera, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, Frank Reich, Steve Wilkes, and wait for it, Pat Shermer. I, w- <laughs> I would actually <laughs> okay. argue that's that's a borderline great coach. It, it, uh, okay, good, but here's what solid. I will say. Those guys that are on the tops of the list, what is one thing they have in common? None of them are offensive coaches. They're all guys that were either special teams or defensive coaches underneath him. Sean McDermott. McDermott's a defensive guy, isn't he? I thought oh, he was an yeah. offensive coach. Was yeah. he? I, yeah, I th- actually, I think you're right now. I think he was a DC. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, defensive. You're right. yeah, yeah, he's defensive. No, that's um, interesting. That's a good but, point. Yeah, and and that's that that is you know telling where maybe these guys the skills they pick up from an Andy Reid is more that head coaching where those offensive minded guys they're picking up his scheme, his knowledge on that end. Maybe they can call even if they get the opportunities, great plays, and I think. Most of those guys, even like a Doug Peterson, I think his offense was fairly successful. Yeah, I think the obvious like hot candidates would be like Biennemi, Kellen Moore, or like Nathaniel Hackett. So if you're trying to make a splash, get the get the people going. I think that's what you go for. But I don't know what the Broncos want. I mean, I got uh, I got one more splash for you. Okay. Um. Well, actually, I got two more splashes for you oh, to wow. add to that list. Right, Jim Harbaugh. No, oh, I'm in. I'm, pass. In. I'm pass. in. I mean, I'm just saying splash. In no, terms of Jim splash knows how to win, man. In terms That's of like a belly need. flop off the deep end. Yeah. Sure. No, Jim Harbaugh would bring the the same level of like uh, respect in in cachet that Mike Shanahan brought. And I'm not saying he's Shanahan, but that kind of just aura in the room. And I think the Broncos could use that. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. It's, it, it intrigues me. You know, another name that intrigues me that I would also put on this kind of I don't know how Nick just put it. Splashy, hot, hot, young coaching, you know, a little sizzle on it. Uh, And I'm going to get chastised for saying this. Okay. So I'm prepared. I'm fully prepared. Gerard Mayo, the linebackers coach for the New England Patriots. Now, here's the reason I say this. This man became a NFL coach in 2019, and he's a linebackers coach, and he is getting interview requests from various teams to be a head coach see but that there's it tells me yeah. that this this guy it's must a, be special i'm he just must afraid be i'm afraid what's going to happen is the he's not going to be ready for that first job i think this guy was playing football in like 2015 2016 in the nfl i mean this guy's barely been out of the right. game I, I, I hear you he's 33 and, years old and yeah it's not the nba where you retire one day and become a head coach the next day you know i mean this is unheard of and i think there's a reason why and i'm just afraid that maybe one day he's a great head coach mm. I, I is he ready for that yet no but you know what uh, that's fair and i think i tend to side with you on that generally speaking but there's just uh, something that intrigues me about somebody so young with so little coaching experience getting head coaching interview opportunities yeah. i mean they're just something you know what i'm saying like there's something like you know who's the last guy that. i can remember that was kind of that guy vance joseph don't <laughs> he was one year as a dc he was like hot up and coming guy i mean he had been around a what about the uh what about the uh uh the Rams head coach. Yeah, Sean though. McVay, Sean, you're right. Sean McVay. Sean McVay is like was like 34, 33, something like that when he was so, hired. So there's so. something to be said, too. If if one of these guys 
right? If these young guys are going to be, you don't really have the luxury of like, oh, we'll wait and, and get him in when he's 40 because someone's going to hire him when he's 36, and 37. If he, and, if he, and if they're patient with him, then he could become that. Hey, right. And so to get one of these guys, you almost have to take that risk. But Do you, I digress. I don't, he's not my favorite coaching candidate by any means. I, he's just a name that intrigues me with how little experience he has. Sure. Um, you know, another name on kind of the other end of the spectrum that I've heard a lot thrown around kind of Denver media circles is Dan Quinn. The defensive coordinator for Dallas, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, took him to the Super Bowl, obviously the 28-3 game. The collapse. Some would argue that was more on Kyle Shanahan than it was on Dan Quinn, but uh, what do you guys think? What does that... Name just does it piss you off? Does it intrigue you? Is that something you'd be? I interested think it depends on what you want. Do you want a, a, a guy with a quote unquote sort of proven track record? A guy that you know what you're getting, or do you want to go for uh, the the big play? Do you want to go for the the forty yard out route? You know what I mean? I don't know. It just depends on the route that you're taking to go based on the team that you think that you have, based on the ownership that is going to be changing. At least is what it sounds like, ASAP. So. Now, I think. Uh, Dan Quinn is is rumored by many people in the know to be the favorite to land this coaching job, uh, partially because of his relationship that's been documented with with George Payton. Um, I think it's kind of a meh hire. You know, I mean, I, I'm not excited about it by any means. Uh, he seems to me to be pretty average coach. He's had a lot of coaching experience, and he's right at 500. He has like a 51 percent winning percentage as a head coach, and so. To me, that's kind of just like, uh, you know, eh, but but at the same time, you know, I'm going to actually just, I'm going to say that I'm going to trust George Payton to make whatever right decision um, and, and go with it, right? But but he's not, he's not, he, nothing about Dan Quinn makes me be like, ah, hell yeah, okay, let's so go. At you first, know, that's really how I felt. When I excited. first heard the name brought up, it felt like Vic Fangio 2.0 to me. And the more I hear it, the more I think about it. I, I'm getting sold on that idea more and more, okay? Dan Quinn, when you look at his personality on the sidelines, he is the anti-Vic Fangio. He's got a lot of energy. Yep. Guys love playing for him. I think that's there's wear something a suit. to that. There is something to <laughs> Suit that. man. And, and suit. so I think from a head coaching side, I believe he can be that guy to command a team. And when you look back at Atlanta, everyone kind of wants to point out his success. You know, he, he obviously had a success, I think, fairly early on. I want to say it was like his second or third year when they went to the Super Bowl. And then they really kind of fell apart from there. If you look back at those Atlanta Falcons teams and the cat salary cap hell that they were in year after year with the contracts they gave out to Matt Ryan, the contracts they gave out to Julio Jones, they weren't that good at teams. And so I think, yes, certainly you have to look at the success he had. But I think there's something to the fact that this guy got a team to the Super Bowl. He was willing to work with a great offensive coordinator, even though he's a defensive mind. He absolutely turned that offense loose to Kyle Shanahan, which is what you would be looking for in a coach coming in with, you know, being another defensive guy. That's where, okay, bring in the safe hire head coach, maybe. Uh, yeah. And then give me that splashy OC that maybe in a couple of years when we, if we decide Dan Quinn's not the answer, this is a guy you can turn to and look at as potentially your future head coach. Well, that's what I was just about to say. So, I mean, it, it it's all great and dandy on who's going to be the head coach, but who's calling plays, right? Who is going to be the guy that is not Pat Shermer, that is the anti-Pat? Get us that guy. Now, there is one guy on, on this list. So the Broncos have asked for 11 
uh, interview. Uh, the, the Broncos have are, are have eleven head coaches that they're going to interview. I have the list open uh, open right here. There is only one coach on the interview list who has lifted a Lombardi Trophy as a head coach. Nonetheless, yes. I'm looking at it. Doug too. Peterson, Dougie P. Doug Peterson just got fired. <laughs> obviously, he's another guy. I'm but totally he's a guy that, well, that, that, that excites me. me more than it, it does interest me because he was there. He he hosted a, he now, hosted a trophy. He was he sat out this season. He did not coach anywhere this season. I don't know if that was uh, by choice. Yeah, that's if true. he decided he didn't, he wanted to sit a year out, or if nobody came knocking on his door. But what do you think about the idea? You bring me Dan Quinn as a head coach, and then you bring me Doug Peterson as an offensive coordinator. A, f- a former Andy Reid guy, by the way. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're talking of Andy Reid's tree. Uh, that, it interests me. There's, there, uh, you know what I like about this list? I like because something that the Broncos learned from the uh, McDaniels hire was cast a wider net. Don't get stuck in tunnel vision interviewing a co- I think McDaniels was like the second guy they interviewed, and they just called it quits and hired him, right? Yep, that's right. Um, so... I like that they are casting a pretty wide net. I mean, I'm not really sure why you want anybody from the Detroit Lions uh, circle, but hey, you know, I'm going to let George Payton do his thing here. Um, I think it's good that it's a good sign that there's a lot of guys on this list. There really are. There are and, really a lot of guys on this list that I could get And not behind. just a lot of names, but the diverse backgrounds, experience levels. It's not, you know, where they came out of the Kubiak situation. It felt like they were dead set on bringing in uh, – a young up and coming guy. They wanted it. You know, I think to be completely honest with you, I think LA wanted a little bit of a puppet. Someone that was going to do exactly what he said. Cause he and Kubiak were button heads at the time. Vance Joseph brought in. That was a disaster. Then it was like, nah, we need the adult in the room. We need somebody that can, can be that guy. And, and so they hired the oldest guy that they could find that was looking for a job in Vic Fangio, you know, and, and a guy that had never had that experience. But now it's like, you got, Anyone from Gerard Mayo to, yeah, Dan Quinn, Doug Peterson, Luke Getze, quarterback coach from Green Bay. Also, diving into Green Bay a little bit here, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator, Pass. is another one that they're uh, – hey, if it Pass. brings me Aaron Rodgers, I don't even care. It's worth it. I would take Vic Fangio right, back with Aaron Rodgers. I, I take back my passes. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. So I think it's good to see that I think, once again, you're seeing – uh, George Payton put his stamp on this team. This is how he's going to go well, about doing it. I believe. I believe Broncos. I'm sorry, Connor. I believe Broncos. I'm going to be just a little off, but I think top five or six in salary cap going into this year too. Available cap. Available, available cap. cap. Available yes. to sign. I know they're definitely a very you know, good situation. Yeah, it's like 45 mil, but I think uh, the team escapes me. But I, I think there's a very big difference between them and like the first place at like 70 million. But anyways, a lot of cl- uh, a lot of cap room. Now. Uh, one other thing, you know, hey, I, I kind of hope that they go through a lot of these interviews before. I know that you have to strike a balance because you don't want to go through every single interview and then all of a sudden the guy you really yeah, want miss out on your guy. Yeah, yeah, right. So you obviously got to strike a balance. But something that I, that I don't think people even think about as much is you ha- have an opportunity as George Payton to get 12 different football minds in a room and literally pitch you how to make the Broncos better. I mean, I know that that's a really minor point, but like that's a got to be a plus, right? I mean, just hearing 12 I, different things. You know, I've never heard how- anyone bring that up, and I think that actually is a really good point, Connor, because that's it. That's how these guys learn these things, right? It's, it's just like 
you know, people doing, you know, math equations and coding and stuff. You do it because you see other people and you build and off of that. Right, right, full right. circle. Yes. And, and you start to learn everything. Connor. Wow. Oh, no. Hey, I no, think, no. Hey, I'm hey, available. Denver Broncos. <laughs> no. Get this guy a job, man. I think in an analytics department oh, somewhere, God. Connor belongs, mm. man. Connor's dabbing himself up no, right now. He like loved that a, take. More like a, a conceptual thought department. There we go. How about that? Maybe like put it in the that, idea, in the no, idea box. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine that on your title? Like when you send out in an email? I don't think anyone would take Con- you seriously. Conceptual ideas, man. No, no, the, <laughs> I, the idea maker. No, I think you have to be director of that. That sounds director, assistant to assistant to the director of conceptual ideas. There we go. Yeah, okay. that's better. Uh huh. All right. All right. Connor, hey, you got a job. It's just probably not going to Hey, maybe by next week this time, we'll be able to talk about a Broncos coach. You think it'll go that quickly? Mm, No. Probably not, but maybe. You never know. I'd imagine this is... I imagine that it'll probably be after the playoffs conclude because uh, in order to interview some of these guys, you're going to have to wait till they're out of the playoffs, so... And and I feel like there'll be very few hires, at least before the conference championship games once you start to get to that weekend that's where a lot of these guys that are now out start to really seriously interview so i think you're right i think we'll have a couple of weeks before a a a coach is named um last point on this and and i think soaps you kind of referenced it real quick is the ownership do you guys think that will have any impact on the the coaches coming in on people that want to interview for this job because and, and for those out there who have been living under a rock and not paying attention to the Broncos for a while they're almost certainly I think it's now set in stone that they are going to be going up for sale they're well, and so did you I mean so the news today was that the the judge threw out the the uh case the right of first refusal that was going down and so that was thrown out which now clears the way officially the broncos can now sell the team at any point whenever they want to to whoever they like so so that likely won't happen for another year or more i i actually saw a report today that they're they're predicting by the summer yeah summer broncos will have a new so we're thinking this will be a done deal i think it takes you till summer to close on a house Oh, You're really? telling me that a four billion dollar team hey, is going to sell that quickly? Don't that's shoot the messenger, that, but that's, that's what show, I'm hearing. That's showbiz, baby. I think that. <laughs> I think that. Um, and there's rumors that Peyton Manning and John Elway are in separate ownership group. Oh, yeah. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to have. <laughs> Boom. You have to assume that the Broncos. Roasted. Sorry, you have. It's go. okay. You have to assume <laughs> that the Broncos have good intentions on at least keeping the tradition. At least that's what I would like to believe. As a longtime fan, you can't. You have to you have to just believe that the team's going to go to somebody that you know has the best interest of the organization at heart and regardless of whether it's Peyton or John Elway or Jay-Z or Jeff Bezos or all who, of them or are they Let's all buy that that's your ownership yeah, right whoever there. buys them it's not going to change the fact that George Payton is in control of the actual day-to-day. You decisions. do believe that that George Payton's job and future is safe. Yeah, yeah he's you. yeah he's so highly. I agree. He was so highly touted and and was so heavily recruited. I, it's just funny because obviously this stability. comes up and we all all of our friends and families are Broncos fans, right? And so this comes out, news comes out yesterday of of all these guys getting fired, and so many responses I got back from friends and family and talking about it's like, well, it's going to be tough with this ownership change. It's no not. one's going to want to. I'm coach I'm like everybody's going to want to coach. What makes you think somebody coming in is going to go fire the coach and No, like, this no. is a, this is a good thing. If, if any, anything, okay, okay, let me If anything this is the best case scenario cuz now you get as an owner coming in, you potentially get a one year showing of what a new coach and this GM for two years now look like and then you can come sit in and and 
get a chance and you have to tons see of cap space. react from you there. Have a t- you have a really young team here, Jared. You're, you're still assuming that they're not going to have a new owner by this year, but I'm telling no, no, you. No, no, I, I mean, come in this year. If you, That's what I mean. Come in this year, and now you take oh, this so you year. You're not going to make year. a change. If you're coming in the summer, no, you're no, not going to make not. a change. No. So no. you come in, now you get to watch it for a year at least before you have really anything that you need to worry about. You're going to make some money that first year. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, you'll be fine. You know, and then from there, if you want to get more involved, if you want to make changes with it, you get a chance to see how the operation works. I can't imagine too many people know what it takes to be an owner of an NFL franchise, even somebody as rich as Jeff Bezos. Speaking of which, I am willing to put some money down. No. Okay. Uh, okay. If we have investors out there, we want to get a group together, you know, exactly. get a little group together, go go rival the John Elways of the world. Let's do it. Let's, why not? Okay. okay. We need. We Pass. just need like four billion people to get in on it and then we're gold yeah like two dollars a piece yeah, i mean that'd exactly be, that'd be easy but we could we could probably make it work with less i don't know i'm not a math man i only know, have like two dollars you're the so. assistant to the idea man's <laughs> man's idea talk to the director and yeah. let us know well okay. so so we'll, we'll see what happens with the ownership group it'll be fun i'm sure we'll have more to talk about here in the next coming weeks as, as some rumors get started about who wants to buy these these uh donkeys of ours okay it is time for the Red Rock Sports Weekly Draft Super Bowl Playoff Edition. Oh, yeah. You know what? I don't know if Tyler Walgie told you or not, but last week he and I put together some audio to drop oh, with this. Oh, really? Okay. And I think we forgot to tell you. You definitely did. And I don't see. know if it's available or sitting there. No, but we'll put on the draft music, though. Do it. That might have just been what he did, and he told me he put a lot of work into it, and that's probably all he did. <laughs> But Tyler's good at that because he knows I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Okay, so coming out of last week, or going into last week, let's say this, Soaps had a two-point lead over Connor and myself. Last week, we drafted on how many no-shows would be at this game, and Connor... Connor, Connor, you had your opportunity. You drafted last. Mm. You decided to go low. Had you gone high, won over my pick, you would have won. Yeah. The no-shows on the game, 14,571. That's quite a bit. It definitely... It definitely seemed a little bit emptier, uh, I would say for sure, than than that amount. So yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, they. I think they lie. I think they totally <laughs> make that number up. There's no way they're yeah, only fourteen thousand. I, I agree. Sure. I mean, it, it was really, really empty. That being said, that gives me the victory. So on the season, soaps you end with six. That's how we do it. Most of those weren't even yours. Don't get too cocky. I end with five. <laughs> and Connor, I think you started out like two or three and zero. Oh. And now, here you sit with just four wins on the year in last place. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to convert this into a Super Bowl playoff drafting, okay? I'm going to try to explain this in a way that makes sense. I forgot to ask you guys before the show, do we want to go snake draft or no snake draft? Snake draft. Snake. Snake. Okay, snake snake draft. Okay, so what we're going to do, there will be three rounds, okay? So each of us is going to pick three teams, and what we're picking is who is going to win the Super Bowl. If you happen to pick the team that wins the Super Bowl, you will get four points. That team would get you four points, okay? If you pick a team that makes it to the Super Bowl but loses, you would get two points. If you make it to the conference championship, you get one point. If you only make it to the divisional round, 
you get zero points. If you pick so poorly and your team loses during wildcard weekend, you lose a point. So there's an inherent advantage to picking the Titans or the Green Bay Packers. Didn't even think about that beforehand, <laughs> but yes, they are both on my list. So I get to pick first, though, as the winner. So Soaps will pick first. I will go second. Then Connor will pick twice. It'll go back to me. Then Soaps twice. I thought and we did this reverse when the loser gets to pick. No, no, not, no, not for this one. Mm. Jesus, Connor. It's top seed. It's not the ah, draft. All right. Right. All right. That's why he picked low. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna okay. go. I'm gonna start. First overall. Oh, you know what? We sh- we could have had that sound too. See, we failed. So we should have talked about this. I know. Now, this is my fault. This is not you. This is on me. Okay. It, yeah. You yeah, don't have to fine. say it. I know it. I, won't I know say it. it. Okay. Won't say it. First overall pick, okay. Nick Sopris. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the team for the quarterback that the Broncos are gonna have next year. First overall pick, Green Bay. Packers. Green Bay. Okay. I think that was also my number one pick. So good one. I think that to me is the obvious answer. So from there, it gets a little bit convoluted, but I think you have to go with where the success has been. And there's one team that I'm going to believe in right now because they're coming on hot. I think it's time for them. Kansas City. I'm going to go with Kansas City as my number two pick or my number one overall pick. Mm. All right. It's tough. So now I get two, correct? You get two. All right. Don't be that guy at fantasy drafts that takes like 20 minutes, doesn't realize he's even on the clock, you know? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tennessee Titans because I had a preseason Super Bowl bet on them, so I'm going to double up here. Oh, wow. Connor's getting smart. Yeah, and Derrick Henry back. Okay, okay. Um, The team that I'm going to take scares me. It really does scare me in wildcard weekend. But I think if they get through wildcard weekend, I'll have so much more confidence that they're going to be successful in the playoffs. And that's the Buffalo Bills. They they go against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, their nemesis. That's the team that's always at least they're kind at home. Of, yes. And I do think the guard has changed. I think the Bills are the team that are going to be the big brother moving forward here. So I'm going to go with the Bills. All right. Soaps for two. Cincinnati. Bengals. And then me again. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, man, this is tough. Uh, all right, I'm going to go Dallas. Old school game. Killing more. Probably going to. Uh, brutal. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, he feels so confident in his pick right <laughs> I know, now. I know. <laughs> All right, you you left him to me. It was actually the next team on my list, and it's the LA Rams. Yeah. Um, it's the team that I've been kind of down on the most, I think, of the three of us. So I'm I'm gonna go on it because everyone's telling me they're good. I really hope that Matt Stafford doesn't choke here in the playoffs for me. All Connor, right. last pick. Yep, the last pick. Man, I hate to do this, but. I'm going to have to go the Dallas Cowboys. No, he took the Cowboys. Oh, don't, don't. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, wow. You are that guy. There's yeah. only three of us. I know. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not keeping track of a list. I know. We all got spoiled with ESPN keeping our lists for us. All right. So in that case, uh, I will go the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. So you and I go heads up. Yeah, I don't really like that pick, but I think that they're the... Well, the it was the last pick. I mean, I, remaining, I so. feel like. So who do we have that didn't get picked then? That, that's the Raiders, the, Raiders, the Steelers, and, yeah. and the Eagles. The Eagles. The guys with the three. Well, I wouldn't say the Raiders have the worst quarterback, but. Yeah. And the Patriots didn't get picked. Right? Uh, the Patriots, also, yeah. The Patriots, okay. yep. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. So we'll be keeping track of that week over week. And, and uh, the 49ers, right? 
They didn't get picked. Oh, uh, Niners did not get picked. So there you go. So the Niners, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Steelers, the Raiders did not get picked. All right. I think that was good selections. Although I'm questioning Cincinnati. Who wait? Hold on. I, I took Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm questioning it. Questioning it. That's, I love it. I don't. I don't love it. Just throw the ball to Jamar. Yeah, but the Cincinnati Bengals haven't won a playoff game in like 40 years. And Joe Burrow will be smoking a cigar after the game in celebration. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. All right, so that's uh, it for, I think, football talk. I think we can all move Agree on. on that, yes. Unless you guys are just desperate to talk college football national championship. Yeah, that, that was the look I was expecting to get. That game reminded me a little bit of the uh, the Patriots and Rams. It was yes, just, it was God, so it was like it was, had a chance. I think Alabama has absolutely ruined college football, and I, I say that from somebody that, like, I, I think take advantage of it, Alabama, by all means. Take advantage of what you can, but they have ruined college football because every year I can just predict them to the championship. And why I don't bet on that, that's why I don't make money. Yes. That's why I don't Correct. make money. All right, moving on to the Nuggets. They have been pretty active, actually, in the last couple of days making moves. Guys are making moves, making deals. Uh, first, uh, Connor, you pointed this out to me. Actually, a couple things you pointed out to me. Uh, first of all, you said they signed, is it Devin or Devon Reed? Should I know who that is? Yeah, Devon Reed, he, uh, yes, maybe as a Nuggets fan. Maybe as a Nuggets <laughs> fan. Yeah, you know, he's a G League player. Uh, okay, okay. Guard has, you know, some pretty good. So they've brought him up then from the G League. Yes, Yep, and uh, well, it's not. It doesn't really quite work like that. Like any team can bring up anybody from anybody's G League team. It's not like you have exclusive rights or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, he came up on. I think it was three consecutive ten day contracts in a row. Because uh, yeah, man, these the rules are so confusing when you get into it. But uh, basically, you get a certain number of ten day contracts you're allowed to give per year, and then because of COVID, they added some additional hardship exemption uh, if you have certain players on on COVID. So they. They utilized that. They signed him to a few 10-day contracts. He played pretty well. I mean, he played some solid defense, made some shots, uh, played really well alongside Nicola and alongside the bench. Uh, so he's ultimately uh, getting getting a roster spot now. Uh, so he got signed to a two-way contract. And then they... Uh, oh, man. I think they, they had to waive... They had to waive... So I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of figure out who. It's Petra Korn... I don't know how to say That's his name. That's a tough name to say. It's the guy from uh, uh, from overseas. Just the- make up a name. No one's going <laughs> to yeah, question it. Just go with Petre it. Petre Karenimov. <laughs> they cut the European guy. <laughs> yeah, they cut the European guy. So. Uh, he, was- uh, he wasn't playing anyways, so... Uh, you know, it's it, it it's it's a good move. I, I like him a lot, and he he looks good. So the other move that I was surprised I missed that you pointed out, Connor, was Bull Bull got traded. Good to good. the Pistons. And uh, they received Rodney McGruder, which I can't just help but think of McGruder. McGruder, yeah. <laughs> um, and now that's like, there's no chance this guy's any good. Journeyman right? guard. Yeah. Journeyman guard. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay. But does he look and or play at all like McGruder would? Yeah, I guess you could. I guess in the, the macro sense, like yeah, absolutely, like thrifty, able to make something out of nothing, like you know. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I don't anticipate him playing very much for the Nuggets. Um, and then they, Nick, what about you? Do you? I mean, do you anticipate him playing very no, much? No, I mean these these moves are mainly for depth. It's the same thing with the Demarcus Cousins signing, or same not with, signing, or not signing. Um, Bull Bull. I don't know how many more bigs Detroit can possibly acquire, but I don't know. He's going to get a lot more playing time. Well, and the the Nuggets also got a uh, second round pick. Uh, and as we all know, second round picks never amount to anything in the NBA. Of oh, wow. Connor never, with his trick questions. Ever. Wow. <laughs> so basically, we traded for the next Nikola Jokic, right? 
Yeah, I mean, we uh, got the same guy drafting, go. right? I mean, uh, so I mean, that's what Bull Bull honestly, is, right? Honestly, was the next, uh, this move was just to beef up the guard depth a little bit, but it, but it's much more so just to save a little salary cap space. So the Nuggets save about five hundred thousand um, as they try to avoid the luxury tax, as they they keep trying to finagle to avoid the luxury tax because they're right up against it. Um, so that that was one, and then the second thing was uh, it just I mean it for whatever reason, man, and we're not privy to the conversations behind the scenes. But Bull Bull has not worked out. He has not gotten on Michael Malone's good side. He has I mean, he just keeps seeing players jump him in the rotation. So I think really what this move is about is this they're cutting ties with Bull Bull. They're getting him out of here. They're gonna save a little bit of money, get a little bit of draft capital, get a little bit of depth. It's nothing too exciting, to be quite honest, but there on, it is. On that note, do you think if they make this move a year or even two years ago, they get better value for Bull Bull? Or is this, no. was this always his value? Uh, you know, I think if you make it two years ago, then yes. Of course. Of course you get a... I, I absolutely believe you would get an end of the first round type value because that's what he was drafted and he hadn't played yet. So, And no. he wasn't expected to play yet. You know no. what I mean? I firmly disagree with Connor. I think you get what you get. He has hardly played ever. He always has a chance to play. He's soft defensively. And that's me being super hard on the guy. But he's just not a good fit for our, our team. He's not. And I think part of the problem with Bull Bull was that... I mean, obviously, there might be some behind-the-scenes issues with effort or whatever, right, that we're not really privy to. Uh, but I think part of the issue is fit. I don't think the Nuggets were ever really sure whether or not he was a mismatch at the four position a good, he was or a the good, three position. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. He was a great draft pick for the potential that he had, but I think it's very clear at this point he's a little too soft to play the five. He's not quick enough to play the three. He's not strong enough to play the four. And he doesn't shoot well enough to play That's the three. That's the thing. is, And, and I think on a, from a defensive standpoint, I don't think he really matches well with any of those positions. I, like, like Nick said, I think he's just a little bit. He's not quite big enough to play four or five. I mean, he's going to get out-muscled by those guys, and he's just not quick enough to play the three. So I think the Nuggets had a hard time figuring out where he actually fit. You know where he Worth fits, what his future is in that three-on-three. Three. Oh, yeah. Give me some ice cube. Get him in the three-on-three. Three. He would be legit. Could be legit in the three-on-three. Three. So I mean, oh, it's fine. You, you took a shot and you missed. I feel like it happens all the time in the in the NBA. I mean, yeah. it's worth a draft pick. No, no worries. So, and so I know what some is, fans uh, aren't going to like that, but... Yeah, I know. He was kind of a... Everyone seemed to always want to see him playing and, and, and wanted him... Everyone, I think, was trying to wish him to be a star, but it just wasn't going to happen. What's the scoop with the Boogie Cousins? I thought it was a done deal that he was signing, and it's still like yeah, days was, later, and he hasn't. No doubt, but uh, you know, uh, Shams Sharina is. I, am I saying his name right? Yeah. Shams Sharina. Sharina. Yeah. yeah. All right, there you go. So he's for the athletic. He's he's probably the number two guy in in terms of uh, NBA news. I mean, do they rank him? Does does he get like, <laughs> ranked weekly? He's, he, he's like right in the in the breath of like the Adam Schefter of the NBA. He's like the guy. He's no Waj, but he's wow. certainly yeah, exactly. Oh. He's he's no Waj. That's exactly it. Waj. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So okay. So he's more like the Ian Rappaport. Okay, Ian Rappaport. Now I'm like, dude, you Seriously. just compared him to Schefter. But he's pretty close. I mean, he's right up there. Anyways, the point is, he's a very legitimate. Rappaport source. is not close uh, to Schefter. He has doubled down in the last 24 hours or oh, so wow. saying that the Nuggets still plan on signing DeMarcus Cousins. It's still going to be happening. So I, I would still anticipate that's going to happen. They're probably just wrinkling out a couple of things in terms of fit and, and what his role is going to be and how, you know, how I, I, I'm sure it's not about money probably because it's pretty set in terms of how much he's going to make on a 10 day contract. Has he played basketball in the last 12 months? Uh, yeah, he played yeah. this year. He played 16 games for the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, so he's in some shape-ish? Yeah, okay. no, he, he played for the Milwaukee Bucks. He 
<sighs> he only shot like 27% from three, which is the worst thing. That, the worst thing that happened to him is that he, he finally got joined up with, with AD out in new Orleans and they started crushing. He tore his Achilles and it's really tough to come back from. And he just hasn't been the same player since I don't think it helps. It, it, it's more of like just a. Do you I, think he has any impact on the no, Nuggets? I don't think he does anything other than spot other than spot fill-ins for. Well, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a ten-day contract. So sure. The way I kind of look at this is is they're just testing the waters. They're going to see. They're going to give it a ten-day stretch. See if it adds anything to this Nuggets team. Um, but you know what, Nick? I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to think that there is a potential because. One thing I think this Nuggets team is missing is a true backup center. I, I, I think so. I mean, I think, uh, you know, especially with Jeff Green now being in the starter role, uh, you don't have him coming off the bench. I don't think you really have anybody off the bench that you can line up with a big... Well, you don't have Bull Bull anymore. <laughs> well, I we guess never my, used him. <laughs> yeah, I can, see what you, I can see where you would say that, but the reality is, is this offense runs through the center position at the top of the key. No disrespect to DeMarcus Cousins. He's not the most basketball-savvy IQ guy that I want making passes. So that's... No, and I don't... I, I agree with that, and I don't think that they will try to put him in that role on 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 the bench i I still think they're gonna do i I would still anticipate the way they they visualize this is still have a kind of downhill attacking bench because that's that's kind of the the style they play with with faku and you got austin rivers who both are very downhill players they can both attack the rim and then kick out to shooters um and, and certainly, DeMarcus Cousins is not going to be any sort... If anything, he's a defensive liability. DeMarcus Cousins is not a defender. I think Nick would agree with me on that one. Um, so I think the way I envision him having some success with the Nuggets is uh, having a, a, a big guy out there. I mean, he can protect the rim a little bit, right? So that way you can't just get flat out bullied by bigger guys in the paint. Um and I think DeMarcus Cousins, when he's at his best, can shoot the ball a little bit. I mean, and if he can get to where he was shooting the ball last, uh, was it last year? Uh, I can't remember if it was last year or not, but basically throughout his, the last five, six years that he has played, if he can get back to shooting like how he was, then you have a, another big who can play make a little bit for a big who can shoot the ball uh, and, and space the floor. And so I think, you know, I could see it working, but... You know, I could also low, see low risk, we'll high reward. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it as a low risk, high reward. It's always just interesting to me when a big name guy like that ends up on a ten day contract. Like, man, he's right. just been—he's been, been shuffled. Grace, he's just been—he was in a contract year uh, with the Pelicans, shuffled around, and unfortunately, he Injuries. got hurt as they got hot. They yeah. got hot, and he got hurt. That is true, and uh, you know, he does have that connection with Michael Malone. Uh, That's right, Sacramento, uh, Sacramento right? So. Now, was that a good connection? Didn't they butt heads? I think he butts heads with everybody. <laughs> so is that the type of guy you want to bring into this team? Or do you feel you Preach. have a strong enough core? Preach. You know, you know what? I trust Tim Connolly so much that I do not think you if, put way too much faith in these guys, Connor. If you ever want to be an executive for a professional sports team, which we're getting your foot in the door, but you got to do the rest of the work, Connor. Uh, you got to be more cutthroat. You got to be more cutthroat. I think Tim Connolly has proven has proven that he knows what he's doing when it, when it comes to building a culture and building a locker room. So I, do you think maybe they want to bring in a little of that nasty? Is that what they're maybe, looking for? You know, and, and, and you know, we're not, we don't know DeMarcus cousins personally. I don't know. His oh, head, he and I are good friends. Yeah, I don't know his headspace right now. You know what I mean? Uh, but I trust that the, the nuggets brass have talked to him and have made the 
decision that hey his headspace is going to be uh fine for our team at least for in that 10 neutral. days for at least 10 days least after 10 that days. i have no idea what tbd uh, and then there was another uh another move too the nuggets made oh more there's more there is yeah so will barton went on on a, a COVID protocol so they did sign james james ennis uh to a 10-day contract for another hardship exemption uh journeyman three and d type wing uh he's gonna make his his Debut tonight, actually, against the Clippers, I think. He will be cut okay. as soon as Will I was going to say, back. in the next 10 days, the 10 days that uh, DeMarcus Cousiner... Is it games or days? Is it actually 10 days? or do they 10 play? day. 10, 10 day. 10 day. In that stretch, dog. all the guys that you just named there, the total points scored by those guys. Oh, we should do that. I would say under 15. Under 12, I'll even give you. you under 12? Correct. Hmm. So all those guys, meaning those two... Yeah, or no, three, I guess. Magruder, Ennis, and... McGruber. And McGruber. Uh, Reed. <laughs> Under 12. No, not Reed. Oh, yeah, I guess he was already... But yeah, we can't really count Reed. Yeah, He's okay, not on okay, a 10 okay, day, okay, so... Okay. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go over... I'll, I'll go over 12. I'll play the game, Nick. I'll play it. Okay. We'll try to remember to follow up on that. Yeah. Perfect. All right. In two weeks, if we can remember that far. <laughs> I usually can't. Um, all right. We, we wanted to... We're, we're trying to get as many sports in today as we can... I'm not going Avs, though, okay? I know everyone probably wants to hear Avs. That's the other good team, the really the best team we got playing right now. But we're going to save out. We're holding out because we are going to drag. Tyler Waldridge has been a few weeks since he's been in. We got to get him back. He's going to come sit in with us a little bit next week and, and give his Avs takes. So we're going to get a little bit of Avs insider information next week. But are you guys aware that Major League Baseball has been in a lockout since December 2nd? Yes correct i knew it when it happened and i completely forgot about it for the last six weeks and was reminded this week like Fair. oh yeah i forgot that they're in a lockout when the nfl went in a lockout like it was almost like covid level shut down in, yes. in america people were like what nfl no nfl what nobody even cares uh major league baseball is less almost a month away we're, february 16th is when spring training starts amazing they have not met in the last five weeks they're Good. supposed to be meeting today or Thursday. They're meeting Thursday. Perfect. Um, is this a concern? Do we think baseball gets uh, locked out this year? I would hope so. I think there needs to be some. <laughs> I uh, would hope so. Yeah, I think there just needs to be some adjustments for the fact that, like, I would consider myself fair weather i would argue to call you jared a casual fan. Very good description. And and I would say that not in a negative negative tone, but the reason I say that the games are slow nobody's interested. The fact that you didn't even know for six weeks indicates the waning level of baseball. There are no adjustments to the game. Traditionalists, and I'm going to, I'm not talking crap, but Connor, I would argue you're a traditionalist. And for the traditionalist like Connor, he's bugged. I get that. But for the other, let's just say 63, 64% of people, AKA the majority of people don't care. And they're overpaid. Go on, Connor. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was good. No, you know, I, uh, I would call myself kind of a hybrid traditionalist. Sure. Oh, okay. hybrid. So I'm not one of those guys that do like... Do baseball traditionalists allow hybrids? <laughs> no. Well, we're going to have to review over well, the course of five years so, and, and, and take a look <laughs> okay, at the Okay, so data. Let, me, let me just say this. Many of these like new rules and proposals and things that people talk about to like speed up the game, I am against, right? There's certain things that I don't like the idea of at all, right? Uh, but there's some things that I go completely against the traditionalists on, quote unquote, right? So like, for instance, 
I am all for uh, getting rid of the umpire behind home plate and having the strike zone called by a, a laser and so a machine. How, did, how does that speed up the game if we're going to start tangenting? Well, no, well, okay. I wasn't. I'm sorry if I conflated those two. I did not That's mean okay. to conflate oh, those hey. two. I was just trying to make the point that I do veer from the traditionalist at times. Fair. Um, Fair. And I'm open to certain ideas. Like, uh, for instance, the minor leagues did, uh, in one of the like Pacific League or something. They they did a rule this or they did a change this year, uh, just for a few weeks even, where they made the bases a slight bit uh, bigger, right? Just a little bit bigger. And so what that really does is when you think about how bang bang like plays are in baseball, uh, it's going to create more people safe at, at first and at second on steals. There'll be a little more steals. There'll be a little more. And so that would be one idea to put more offense into the I game. I was going to say, people, that seems like we're slowing down the game. Well, but anything. so there's two but, yeah, main yeah, complaints right. that people have. It's that not don't exciting. Like baseball. And it's, yeah. They say that, hey, I, I only want to watch them offense, right? Like, I don't like the games that are one to nothing over nine innings, right? So, um, you know, something else I, I, I could dig was seven inning games on the back end of double headers. Like, I was okay with that. Yeah, I think you got to go one way or the other. You can't just have some games are only seven yeah. innings. I but, think yeah, that totally and, and that's where I disagree that totally messes up the statistics and like the legacy of baseball. Yeah, you've got to have a way to just sp- I, I still to this day will never forget the Nomar Garcia para every at bat glove glove bat bat foot foot glove glove. Tap, what do you tap. think his what daily is going like, on <laughs> right now? What? Nomar, Nomar is for retired a ball? for a He's ball in a house somewhere. Is this guy having to touch the doorknob yeah. nine times? And before I, he I, he's an amazing player, but like my man, like what, what am I watching right now? Yeah. I came to watch a game, not watch you. I know. Tap. So I just, um, no, I hear, I hear that. So I hear that. I hear it. You know, there's actually, there is one idea that was floated around that I could get behind that. I think most baseball traditionalists would just scoff at. Right. Uh, but when a game reaches, a certain point so I wouldn't necessarily say nine innings right but when a game reaches a certain point like maybe 10 innings like give them one extra inning right but once you get to 10 innings uh, I think it'd be really cool and I know that like baseball purists will hate me for this but I think it'd be really cool to have like a, a home run derby with like three people just like a real quick like you get five pitches right how many can you knock out in those five pitches call it a game you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's like a, it's like the Elam ending in basketball that they're trying to do, where uh, once the team gets to like eighty points and once it hits the fourth quarter, then the next team to score, I think, I think they had like seventeen points or something. So the first team to get to ninety-seven then wins. So the team that's up ten, it speeds up the game. So they're not <laughs> just calling, t- they're not calling timeouts over and over. So if in like the seventh or eighth inning, when the game gets whoever gets to four runs. The first person to get to five or six runs wins the game. You know what? It's just brutal. I think uh, I'm going to say something that's going to be a very unpopular opinion in America is let it be a freaking tie. It's it's 162 games. Ties, I mean, on a 16, I mean, I I honestly don't have any problem with ties. People hate ties, but I think tie has just as much advantage as disadvantage to it. I mean, it, it honestly, it simplifies. Although you look at this last Sunday where things got crazy, (laughs) it wasn't because of the ties that it got crazy. In fact, the ties is what simplifies it. It's only had it gone to another tie where things get complicated, which I know we're not talking about. Well, we got to touch on that real quick. Were you guys pulling for the tie or no tie? I think all of America was pulling for the tie. And yeah. 
I have to say, Except for the I Steelers think, fan I saw on TV. Yeah, that was hilarious. They kept showing him. <laughs> uh, I think everyone's totally overreacting to this timeout. They're making such huge deals. Like he called the timeout with three seconds left on the clock, and all they had to do was take a knee. If that's what they were going to do, and they changed their game plan, the Raiders based off of him calling a timeout, then you're stupid because you still could have done your game plan if you were intending to take a knee. So I don't think it changed or affected anything within that game. Him calling that timeout, the Raiders didn't want to play the Chiefs, which is what would have happened had they. Right, right. No, so, anyway, I digress. Back to uh, baseball. Yeah, back to the to the lockout here, because I know guys, I, that was our initial. Lock it here. out. Um, Lock it I out. I think we can have another talk at some point about some interesting rule changes. They always come up with them every year, so it'd be fun to maybe go through a list. We will create our own. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool to too. So, uh, but in terms of the lockout, I I expect the I expect them to have a season this year. I mean, I think. Um, I think that they the negotiations will, will by all accounts will go pretty well. I mean, uh, the players want to play and and well, the players want to get paid. They want to get saying. paid. Yeah, c- correct. And yeah, so even more than they want to play. And you know, I mean, uh, you know, I think they just kind of took this month. They haven't talked since December first, and that talk only lasted seven minutes, <laughs> uh, which wasn't a good sign. But but I think it was. Uh, I think there's enough communication to be like, okay, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, you know, it's going to be a long drawn out process. Like they're going to, they're going to come back at this meeting and not a whole bunch is going to get done, but they're both going to kind of put together a proposed uh, agreement and, and they'll just reach closer. And I, I fully anticipate there to be a, a full season this year. You so. know what I hope as a casual fan is I hope that this drags into the season yes. to the point where they have to, they will have no choice, but to shorten down the season to a hundred games or less where people might actually care. You know, and the problem is too, is right. When baseball started, it was one of the only sports available. So it's all that anyone had to watch. And then all these much more exciting sports comes out and they don't change. It's if just, football played 162 times a year, no one would care about that either. No. Yeah, no, fair it's enough. So it was, I mean, hey, I love baseball. You know I love baseball. I'm here for it. I'm here for all nine innings, all, you know, 240 pitches or whatever it is. I'm down for it. So, uh, you know, I, here's to hoping a good season. I uh, hope it starts on time because got some fantasy baseball okay. games to come out. That is true. So. I actually don't want it to start late, but if they can, like, decide to end early, I think that's the key. <laughs> Let's get this you done, know, which know, is end early this year. It, Just, hey, we worked hard on these negotiations. You I know, think. that is the only thing I disagree with. If there's one thing I do enjoy, it's playoff baseball. I will but say, not yeah, in October like it. when it's snowing. I like it, that. I would love to have August playoff baseball. We also suffer from having the Rockies never be good ever, and so I think that taints our... I'm going to try but, really hard this year. But to get into them. the Rockies, all right, are in the news. They're in the news, and they are making moves, okay? The Rockies, moves. after all these years of, of fans and media criticizing the Rockies for not having a wide enough net to get the right talent in in the front office, right? They are starting to make some moves and actually getting some talent in. So the Rockies have just hired Dick Monford's son, Sterling Monford, uh, <laughs> to lead the pro scouting department. Amazing. Yes, yes. So now the leader of the pro scouting department is name? the owner's son, Sterling Monford. Monford. Everybody likes that. First of all, of <laughs> course his son's name Sarcasm is Sterling. in my voice. Of course the kid's name is Sterling. <laughs> Obviously. Nick, Nick might know him. Nick, do you know him? And you know what? <laughs> no. Connor, you are. I yeah. don't think you're being uh, sarcastic in the fact that he's probably the first one that's never worked for Dick. That <laughs> however, <laughs> however, in, in defense of the Monforts, I did get to have a nice lunch with one of Dick Monsford's kids, and they are lovely people. Not Sterling? Not Sterling. I can't remember the guy's name. It was in a one-off. We were. It was like a big group of like I'm, 15, I'm but he 
was super cool. He was. I'm going to go cool. with Colton. It was probably Colton, wasn't it? It was something like that, yeah. Maybe, well, the, maybe Nick, Brady? Something, I could see a something. Brady. Producer Nick over here lived a significant portion of his childhood in eastern Colorado. And so that is a community in and of itself, right? So that's why I asked if he, he must have known him. They all, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a pretty big community. But they're, yeah. all, they're really nice. No, I'm sure they are good people, and I do not mean to insinuate this, but there is something to be said about come on, man. We agree. Like, like get somebody in. You know. We agree. So, hey, there we go. Well, we'll see. I know uh, Nick's bold prediction was that the Rockies would make the playoffs this year, I believe. Right, Nick? Am I correct on that? No. Oh, no? I remember it. I remember <laughs> it. So we're going to yeah. hold you to No, we're all going to get on the bandwagon. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, we're in. I mean, maybe, I'm, I'm maybe the lockout. if I do End better, here's an idea, guys. If I start doing better about plugging the wonderful company, Woos Media, that allows us to do this show, Woos Media, guys, go check out their shows, WoosMedia.com. That's W-O-O-Z-E Media.com. If we do better about that, maybe... We can talk the guys upstairs of getting us some opening day tickets. Let's go. I'm just putting that out there if we wanted to get something going. Wear so. some Woos Media shirts. Okay. All I right. also need some Woos Media shirts. Yeah. Some, some Woos Media so, gear would be pretty cool. So I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us once again. Next week, Tyler Walgy will be joining in studio to give us a little bit of Avs talk, and we'll kind of follow up, hopefully have a little bit of news on this Denver Broncos coaching Let's search. Go. For Connor and Soaps, I'm Jared. Catch you next week. <laughs>